0: Welcome everyone, and thank you for joining us for today's webinar, taking ZLD
1: to the next level with Decanter Centrifuge Technology. My name is Sean Eicher and I'm the Market Manager for Chemicals Team for Mechanical Separation at GEA North America. I'm being joined today by a colleague from Germany, Sven Nitschke, who is a Product Manager for Chemical Separation Applications for GEA Group based in Older Germany. Just a little housekeeping before we get started. If you have any questions during the presentation, you can type them into the question box in your webinar control panel at any time. Once the presentation concludes, we'll, we'll try to answer as many questions as possible. However, if we don't get to your question, we'll be sure to get back to you uh, in, a, in a later time. In addition to this, we have made several brochures available to you for download. Please help yourself to those at any time during the webinar. We also record in this webinar, which will be available on GEA.com. A link to this will be sent to those who have registered for this webinar. Finally, when you receive when the webinar concludes, you'll receive a short survey. Please take a few minutes to provide some feedback. It will help us plan future programs. In regards to this, just want to mention two other upcoming webinars that we have. Uh, we have overcoming challenges of heavy crude oil processing, which is scheduled for April 28th. Also, Hybrid crystallization process for a low CAPEX OPEX purification of organic chemicals, which is May 11th. Links to these will be sent to you following this webinar. Now, before I turn things over to Sven, I just want
0: to mention a few high level details about GEA. GEA is one of the world's largest system suppliers
1: for the food, beverage, and pharmaceutical industries. Um, our total sales each year is about, four, about say, 5.5 million US dollars. Um, we're listed on a German MDAX in stocks, Europe 600 index, and also included in the DAX 50 ESG and MSCI Global Sustainability Index. We have a number of core competencies that we focus on. In terms of the industries, um, we focus on the chemical industry, um, specifically something like zero liquid discharge, um, uh, mining, uh, mineral processing. Uh, We also focus with dairy, food, and home personal care products. In terms of technologies, besides the technologies that we're discussing here, which are um, centrifugal separators, uh, we also have a number of applications supporting beverage and filling technologies, liquid technologies, powder processing technologies, homogenization, and chemical emission control systems. Um, GEA prides herself on service, on both not only installation and commissioning, but lifetime service, so cradle to grave, so after we install the system, uh, we service it through its life and then find to this conclusion. And then consulting with enhanced operations, um, so for preventive maintenance or even predictive maintenance. Um, Our company offers both product and process development, process design and process management, as well as automation and control. As I said before, GEA is a large publicly traded company. That being the case, we're located in uh, almost every, in a large number of places uh, throughout the world. Um, What that means to you is more than likely uh, where your application or your final installation is gonna be. GEA will more than likely have an office um, able to suit your needs. Um, That being said, I'm gonna turn things over to Sven so I can begin his presentation.
2: Sean, thank you very much for your introduction here. Uh, We are very happy to see that uh, we have a registration of more than 200 people. And this is not only from the Americas, but I have seen a number of participants that come from countries east of Germany, actually. And so thank you very much for staying up late for this seminar. It's really appreciated. We would like to show you in this seminar how we can help you when it comes to centrifugal separation and dewatering in the thermal zero liquid discharge process. And we will be glad to continue talking to you later on an individual basis. But first, before we go into the zero liquid discharge, let me give you a common overview on the process development. We're speaking about a special process here, but that does not mean that uh, GEA is not able to help you with other different centrifugal technology. Imagine, for example, you have some kind of mixture, phase mixture, and you're not really sure how to, uh, and if, and how to, Separate it by centrifugation. How can you? How can we help you? So first of all, a very easy thing is to perform a laboratory spin test, and you can see here from this picture that um, there are a a big variety of products that all behave differently. But we can tell from these laboratory spin tests already: um, is centrifugation possible? We can also make a good estimate which type of centrifuge is best and maybe even make some kind of sizing upon that already. Now, how can we carry out these laboratory spin tests? We can do it at your side. Our local GEA representatives will be glad to assist you with that. Or alternatively, you can also provide us a small sample, maybe half a liter, one liter, to our test facility in in older Germany, and we will make a report for you with our assessment. Provided that shows interesting and promising, um, you may probably answer a question, you may probably would like to have an answer on, hey, what's the actual performance? Can we get a performance warranty from GEA? Yes, that is possible, and therefore, pilot-scale test units are available either for rental or you send some more sample 500 liters, 1000 liters to Germany to our test bay where we can do the tests on our test centrifuges. It is also possible to, to treat
0: flammables and hazardous material in our centrifuges. So now we would, after this general introduction, let's get to the
2: thermal liquid discharge process. First of, first of all, how does a centrifuge fit into this zero liquid discharge process? Um, here you will find a simple diagram flow chart of the thermal liquid uh, zero liquid discharge process that a number of you will probably know a lot better than Sean Eicher or myself but we would like to show you how it integrates into this process from the left hand side we have the brine which is the wastewater that is loaded with dissolved salts and the target is to get clean water for reuse and a solid phase the salts so the first step first step in general is to have an evaporation unit Um, with the output of clean distillate the first clean distillate that is ready for reuse and the second one is the concentrated brine that is then um, transferred to a crystallization unit this crystallization unit um, by thermal energy what is the output the distillate itself the second part of the clean water and a suspension of salt crystals in an aqueous solution of um, of water. The salt crystals and the water with with further dissolved salts. And this is where a mechanical separation step is required to get a dry solid phase and the liquid phase that contains dissolved salts still is recycled to the process, mainly back to the crystallization unit. Um, So the centrifuge, of course, it can only separate the suspended solids. Uh, it um, It does not
0: separate the dissolved salts. That is the task of the crystallization unit. So, let's look at the mechanical separation step here.
2: You, you may ask yourself, well, how do I choose the correct mechanical separation equipment? There is filtration on one hand and there is centrifugation on the other hand. And if you look at centrifuges, we have solid wall bowl decanters and there are screen centrifuges, pushes, etc. Um, We would like to focus today on the solid wall bowl decanter and uh, before we do so we would like to show a short video explaining the function of the decanter to get everybody on
0: the same page. So here we go. Here you can see the
2: decanter as it looks from the outside. And here we have the view on the housing and now we see the rotating assembly here the brown color shows the separated solid and the blue color
0: is represents the liquid so we feed we get the to the feed first which is The
2: inlet is via a standstill feed tube and then it is accelerated in the rotating assembly that consists of the bowl and of the scroll which rotates at a slightly different speed to convey the solids. Coming to the solids, the scroll conveys the solids to the solids discharge ports to the conical part and there they are flung out. through through the discharge ports into the catcher of the decanter
0: centrifuge, and they drop to the firmer plant equipment by gravity.
2: Taking a look at the liquid side, there is an overflow weir at the liquid side, so a liquid ring established inside the bowl which overflows, the clarified liquid overflows into, and is flung out into the liquid catch chamber and is discharged by gravity. So we have in the decanter centrifuge a drive system which has to drive the bowl at one speed at, let's say, range of 4000 RPM and the conveyor scroll, which rotates at a slightly different speed to convey the solids. So the main motor, as seen here, drives via a V-belt, the bowl. And there is a secondary motor that drives the inlet shaft of a gear, and the gear translates the rotation of the motor into the scroll speed, the differential speed. Good, what is the advantage of using decanter centrifuges in general
0: in the zero liquid discharge process? First criterion or main criterion is
2: the particle size. A decanter centrifuge runs best if the particle size is in the range between 2 micrometer and 200 micrometer. If there is a fraction of much lower particle size, usually you would tend to filtration. But when you look at filtration, bear in mind that you also have to remove the very, very fine particles, because otherwise the filter gets blocked if you in your process have some fine fraction that is maybe not removed by the decanter and where you say well i don't mind this can be recycled back to the crystallizer i don't worry about it the decanter will work nicely it will do its job the part the smaller particles will go to the clarified liquid and the biggest part of the um, of the bigger part the bigger particles will be um, discharge on the solid side. Now, at bigger particles, a lot of times pusher centrifuges and um, or screen scroll centrifuges can be used. They attain um, a higher um, a higher dewatering efficiency as a solid wall bow decanter centrifuge. But on the other hand, we must say that the loss of Smaller particles is considerably higher than in a solid wall boat, decanter centrifuge. So what can we say? We can say that a decanter is quite robust and flexible, both to the small particle size and to the larger particle size. Um, before we continue, we would like to um, have a small pole. and ask you at what flow rates do you typically operate your zero liquid discharge plant? So is it 25 cubic meters per hour or less? Is it 25 to 100 cubic meters per hour? Or is it above 100 cubic meters per hour total inlet flow rate to the process? Or you have currently no operating plant? Please take a while
0: to answer these questions. Thank you. Okay. We can see
2: that uh, most of you are interested in the zero liquid discharge, although uh, you have not a, currently an operating plant. And we can also see that uh, the uh, most capa- capacities are. Um, um, are actually in this. You can say that we have an average range of 25 to 100 cubic meters per hour. So we can see here. Basically, we have a high variety of flow rates in the plants. And uh, once we get to the next slides, we can um, we can outline another
0: good advantage, another advantage of the decanter centrifuge. So this is about
2: the throughput. Let's say um, if you uh, ask a supplier of mechanical equipment, please quote some equipment for me, you, have to, you will have to uh, define the process parameters. And in the mechanical separation step of zero liquid discharge, this is mainly the dry matter throughput. So, and of course, you would give us the nominal throughput, the large throughput of, let's say, 100%. And, um, for example, GEA as decanter supplier, we will size the, the diameter of the bowl, the gear, Um, the motors according to that specification and then you tell us uh, well um, but wait uh, for the first time I would rather like to operate the plant at a lower capacity is that possible and the answer is yes it is possible
0: Um, a decanter centrifuge excuse me A decanter
2: centrifuge can well be operated at varying capacity. First of all, the motors can regulate the speeds of the decanter, especially the differential speed, which is responsible for getting the solids out to the solids discharge ports. Um, But there is no um, downside in the performance either. As an example, a pusher type centrifuge will always need a certain um,
0: a certain throughput of dry matter and you cannot deviate too much from it so now after this
2: uh, general overview on the decanter technology
0: uh, let's look at the key challenges in zero liquid discharge Um,
2: What are the the key requirements for decanter centrifuges for mechanical separation in the zero liquid discharge process? So first of all, it is the residual moisture in the cake outlet of the equipment. It is called zero liquid discharge and we want to have it zero. Highest degree of dewatering is important. Reliability is also an, um, a very important topic especially in the zero liquid discharge process we have to look at corrosion
0: resistance but also to the wear resistance Coming first to coming to the first topic which is lowering the
2: residual moisture in the decanter how do we attain that Let's take a look first at one typical design of a decanter centrifuge. Once again, to summarize, we see the conical part here. The cylindrical part would be here. This is where the clarification takes place and the scroll of the decanter conveys the solids to the outlet ports, which are here. Now, this is a design for biological sludges or fluffy solids. There was one, um, I saw one question in the uh, registration uh, saying, hey, the solids that I have are fluffy. Can I use this kind of equipment? Yes, you can, but it would be rather this design and how does it work? What's the principle behind that? Um, First of all, the, the bowl here in such applications is almost completely filled with product so the complete space between the scroll body and the inner wall of the decanter is filled with liquid and in this zone in the in the conical part of the decanter the solids are compressed like a screw compressor for example the distance between the particle is reduced and that makes the dewatering effect and what do we need for that to get that compression we need a small bowl diameter at the solids outlet ports it's this diameter it is quite small so you will see this kind of design for fluffy solids for example in municipal wastewater treatment this is a
0: typical design and once again the dewatering effect is done by compression If you look at crystals, you cannot compress crystals. If we tried
2: to fill the complete bowl with the product, you would get blockages. So instead, this this design is something different. So same as with a biological sludge, of course, we have the scroll that conveys the solids out. But the solids content inside the bowl is quite low. and the solids are dewatered by drainage so at the last in the la- within the last pitch of the decanter centrifuge we have the drainage the liquid drains between the particles back into the pond so we will adjust the pond depth so the liquid level inside the centrifuge such that we have here this kind of drying beach on the in the conical part of the decanter how do we attain the optimum dewatering result by drainage well by attaining a g-force a centrifugal accel- acceleration which is as high as possible here in this area at the solids outlet ports this is the difference to the design that we have seen before we need a large bowl diameter at the solids outlet ports. We get thereby a high G-force at the solids outlet port
0: and we get a good dewatering result by the drainage. Now, comparing the two designs, we have called
2: for this reason, since this is a design, Decanter design for maximum dewatering of crystals. This series at GA is called the Dry Master Series. And its feature is that we increase the centrifugal acceleration by 50% at the solids outlet compared to the biological sludge decanter. And yeah, you say, impressive figure, but what does it result in? And we know by our experience that we can attain we can increase the dryness in the cake by two to three percentage points. This doesn't seem so a lot if you look at two to three percent, what's that, yeah, but if you look at the overall level in of the results that you get with dewatering, it's quite a lot. It can go up to 20 percent less water in the cake than with
0: a design that has a small diameter on the solids discharge boards. Coming to reliability, corrosion, corrosion resistance.
2: Which are the process parameters that are relevant for corrosion? Well, those are basically three. The temperature, the higher the temperature, the higher is the risk of corrosion. pH level, the lower the pH, the higher is the risk of corrosion. And finally, the chloride content, with increasing chloride content, you have to watch out more for corrosion. So uh, which are the typical parameters in the zero liquid discharge process, in the thermal zero liquid discharge process? That is temperature is usually between 100 and 140 degrees centigrade, the pH level is greater than 6, and it is the chloride content that varies depending on the salt load in the process, and this is an individual figure. And so here is basically what we do. How do we choose the process wetted materials? in general up to 120 grams per liter we use duplex steel for the process wetted materials we do not have on the dry master series we do not have any material quality below that we start with duplex for higher chloride contents up to 200 grams per liter it is super duplex which is our choice and above that we use nickel based alloy, such as, for example, Hastelloy C276. Now, is that all regarding corrosion resistant? Well, almost. What we have to bear in mind is which parts are actually processed wetted. Of course, it's the rotating assembly, this one, the catcher area, liquid catcher, solid catcher. But what else? It is also the frame, this one. And because what do we have? We have ventilation effects in the centrifuge. We may have some leakages. And there can always be spillover of liquid, corrosive liquid, into the frame. So GEA considers all these parts that you see here in the light orange color as process wetted, and they the single, the so-called single-piece catcher, is made of the same
0: material as the rotating assembly. Continuing the reliability about wear
2: protection, we have what does refer wear actually refer to? Yeah, we have the normal wear. Which is usual with rotating equipment, but we also have the wear, which is caused by the product itself. The salt crystals—they are abrasive to the steel material. Yeah. And where does um, where do we have the wear-prone parts of the decanter centrifuge? That is everywhere where we have a relative movement of the centrifuge parts versus the The product the solid particles so one example are the scroll blades of the scroll another part are the solid discharge area the solid discharge bushes and a third one is the distributor inlet where you have the feed tube coming in from here And here, the suspension is accelerated to the speed of the bowl. The photos that you've seen here are really nice polished bowls, as they are used for sanitary equipment. Of course, for zero liquid discharge, they will will look a little bit different, especially this distributor. The design that you see here, you will not find in, in zero liquid discharge or in any other processes where you need
0: a lot of wear protection. We'll come to that. Two principles of wear protection
2: first of all we just we use exchangeable parts that are sacrificed so after a certain time they are worn out and they have to be replaced they have to be replaced and they should be re- replaced as easily as possible the other possibility is used is to use coating hard facing on other parts and let's have a look where do we do what First of all, the solid discharge ports. Here, we use exchangeable wear bushes, which are made of sintered hard metal, for example, tungsten carbide. And these wear bushes are not permanently fixed to the bowl. Uh, You can tell by the design that the centrifugal force during rotation presses the wear bushes against the discharge ports and thus protects the main material of the bowl. So here is the picture of the distributor area of the scroll. <clears throat> there is an inlet, and same as with the solid discharge, we can see exchangeable wear bushes. This inlet is also exchangeable, and you can exchange it at site. You don't need to send to exchange it. You don't need to send the scroll the centrifuge, the rotating assembly to a workshop of GEA. It can be done at site. This distributor inlet, the inside is coated and we'll come to the coating right now. Yeah. The second area where that requires coating for wear protection are the scroll blades. And you see here on the outer flanks, of the scroll which is close to the inner wall of the bowl and thus creates quite some friction between the particles and the scroll and also the flanks which are where you have the friction due to the movement and what are we using here we are applying weld on material for wear
0: protection and this is what we would like to show you right now how does it look like yeah the always remember there is wear protection but if the wear protection
2: isn't doesn't show enough corrosion resistant it's worth nothing so this is what we have to look at really carefully when it comes to hard facing and coating so the principle is that we have hard metal particles which do actually help us to reduce the, the wear, for the wear protection. But you cannot apply such hard metal particles directly to the base material. Uh, it, is, it is not possible. And for that reason, you need a matrix in which these hard metal, metal particles are being embedded. And then you can weld them onto the surface or you can use like HVOF, but in decanter centrifuges, we use the weld-on technique. And this matrix must be corrosion resistant. So GEA has developed a, um, a compound which is called DX2 and it consists of an inconel matrix and the hard metal particles are vanadium carbide. And we have really seen in the past that this coating has proven very successfully and the decanters
0: run reliably over a long run time before a repair is required. Coming to the last topic of reliability, the gear and the drive design. So
2: without looking into the details of the drive system it is already very important that the gearbox once again to remember why do we need a gearbox we need a gearbox in order to be able to adjust the differential speed it would not work without a gear yeah and to have a reliable drive system the first what we do is to use an outboard gearbox which is not in contact with the process yeah and so the the influence of process streams corrosive matter and high temperature is kept to a minimum you might find okay this is this should be rather obvious but it is not because a lot of commodity decanters have an inboard gearbox that is easier to design and is Indeed, it is possible to use it in various numbers for decanter applications, but for rough conditions like zero liquid discharge, you should not do it. And therefore, the DryMaster series is equipped with an outboard gearbox, which is
0: a planetary gearbox in this case. To explain how the drive system
2: works, remember maybe the video. We have seen in the video the main motor here and the main motor drives the bowl so all the parts that you see here in orange this v-belt and the pulley for the bowl so the bowl speed is translated into the rotation of the bowl forget about the red one for the time being we'll come to that in a minute then we have the secondary motor that drives The inlet shaft of the gear and the gear translates into the differential speed of the scroll. Both motors are frequency controlled and there is an automatic control of the torque. Depending on the solids load, the differential speed is increased or decreased automatically by varying the speed of the secondary motor. This variation doesn't, of course, go um, for the complete range of differential speed that you would like. Let's say the first range would be 1 to approximately 20 RPM differential speed of the scroll, which is the lowest. Now, if we would like to um, use or if we have to use higher differential speed, and that is the case in zero liquid discharge, in order to keep the holdup in the decanter centrifuge low. Then we have to add some differential speed. And this is done via the second um, combination of pulleys and V-belt that you see here. So we drive a further stage of the gear and thus add extra differential speed to the differential speed of the blue system. And since we add this differential speed, we have called this drive summation drive. Yeah, I see. So what do we do about that? Why is it important? It is important because just by adding or changing this pulley and this belt, you can change the differential speed. You don't have to take Another drive system, you don't have to change the gear, it remains the same.
0: Again, an an advantage in case process conditions change. A further
2: feature of the GEA summation drive is the torque versus the differential speed. If you look at normal gears, you usually get a drop in available torque of the gear with increasing differential speed the summation drive on the other hand is designed such that we can extend the torque range and we also extend the differential speed so this torque is available on the complete range of the differential speed that means it is The GEA summation drive is a a future-proof drive system. First of all, you can adapt both speed and differential speed within the ranges um, easily by changing parameters on the HMI. And if you need other differential speed ranges or other speed ranges, it's easy to convert with just a very few, few parts, and you do not have to exchange any major parts of the centrifuge. We make a short summary before coming to the end. What did we talk about? We have first of all residual moisture dewatering. Our dry master series attain a high centrifugal force at the solids outlet and thereby attain a higher dryness in the cake than comparable other machines. Materials of construction, we make our choice depending on the chloride content, and we consider the housing of the centrifuge as process wetted as well. We have a high safety standard thus, and we come to a very long lifetime of our decanter centrifuge. Corrosion resistant wear protection means a long period of uninterrupted operation before you have to exchange parts or maybe work, rework some parts like the scroll, apply new coating. And there is an innovative drive system for a reliable and also flexible future-proof
0: operation. Yeah, before we come to the end, we would like to Make another poll
2: and ask you the following questions whether you have plans to install or supply thermal zero liquid discharge processes in the near future. So, is this within a short time, within less than a year, within one to three years, or greater than three years, or you do not have plans yet? Please take
0: some time to answer these questions thank you okay we can see
2: that uh, a number of you have plans to for investments in the future this um, and if we look at chemical plants usually this is very nice a number of you do not have plans yet that does not matter and we are nonetheless very happy that you joined this seminar and um and that you showed thus showed the interest
0: in our technology okay yeah i'm at the end of my
2: presentation and Thank you very much again for your interest, and we hope that we were able to provide you with some useful information. We will be glad to continue discussion with you on an individual basis, and of course, not only on the zero liquid discharge process. If you have something completely different for mechanical separation, just contact us. So I will hand over now back to Sean for the questions and answers session. Thank you very
1: much. Excellent. Great job. um Man. And, and thanks for everyone at your level of engagement here. I see a lot of great questions here. Um, as I said, prior to um, presentation, if we don't get to your question now, I will be sure to follow up with you. I'm just saying that because some of these questions are very uh, detailed questions and it may not be the proper uh, venue to actually answer them. Um, and there's also questions about different technologies outside of ZLD. So we'll, we'll answer them best of our uh, capabilities here. And as I said, follow up these in the future. That being said, Sven, first question, I wish I could make this bigger, what is the maximum solid percentage that you could see in the feed concentration?
2: You're probably referring to the feed concentration in the the feed to the decanter and the support. The, feed to the ca- uh, correct, the, pr- the maximum percent yeah. solids that a decanter could handle. Yeah, um, usually we see from the inquiries in the zero liquid discharge that this is about 20% approximately. But we are also able to handle higher, handle higher flow rates. The important thing to observe is that you can still, coming back to the laboratory spin test results, that you can still still see a phase separation. Yeah, If that happens, you can do it, and you can also do it up to 60 or 70% of dry matter. Remember once again, the decanter is a very flexible piece of equipment in that mm-hmm. respect. So what, you just handled the
1: question on the solids, right, at least percent solids. What about the range of particle sizes on the, uh, the solids feed? The follow-up question.
2: Uh, yes. Uh, the particle size is not the only parameter of course. We have focused here on the zero liquid discharge where we have a quite large density difference between the liquid phase and the solid phase. Um, usually you would say in a decanter centrifuge it's the best like um, between 10 and 100 micron um, of particle size. Um, and um, But here since the density difference is high we can also separate smaller particles. And basically there's um, very little um, limitation to um, to the upper limit. Of course, you cannot feed stones to the decanter, but you don't need to. Okay, so we got the we got the feed sorted out. Now
1: we're going to talk about the solids coming out, and just specifically, just with zero liquid discharge, what is a typical type of moisture we could expect from the
2: solids coming from the machine? Yeah, we have seen that um, a lot of specifications mention like 85% of um, which is defined, so 15% rest moisture. But we can see our dry master series, we can go um, in a lot of cases up to 90%. And that reflects quite quite well um, the dry master series capabilities. Mm
1: -hmm. And then with that 90%, that's 90% dry substance and just 10% 10 water
2: and okay. yeah, free liquid of course yeah mm-hmm. excellent this one's a
1: little uh little in depth but i like it because it covers a lot of things but what are the parameters used to tailor the centrifuge operation to a specific application and how did the change in these parameters impact the process so that's going to be all encompassing so you could modify say the right the rpm the flow rate or the speed differential. So, if you could speak on how you could tailor each one of those in order to achieve your end goal. Okay. how they kind of work together, Sven.
2: Um, you're probably referring to how can I use the centrifuge in order to get optimum results. I think that was the question. Yes, okay. Correct, correct. Yeah. Okay, um, of course, high bowl speed means more clarification. But here we come to the first very interesting topic maybe you say in zero liquid discharge my focus is really the high moisture yeah and um, no not sorry low moisture yeah Uh so watering efficiency yeah and you say okay then i run at maximum speed but that also means that you can capture the fine particles with the solids and the finer the particles are if you get a higher fraction of fine particles in the cake outlet the dewatering result will go less yeah. So there will be an optimum that you have to look at individually in your process. So I guess maybe you would say, oh, if I get one or two percentage points, higher dryness in the cake, I don't care about the fines that I lose. That's mm-hmm. to be weighed against. The differential speed is also something very uh, interesting because if you come from this fluffy solids, you would say, Lower, lower, lower the differential speed, keep the residence time inside the conical part as long as possible to get good dewatering res- uh, results. Of course, this residence time issue is correct, but on the other hand, if we increase the residence time, we also increase the content of solids in the conical part, and that makes the drainage more difficult, so there will be there will be an optimum in the differential speed with this kind of crystal particles. Um, another topic to be borne in mind is we have talked about wear protection. Yeah, you can do a lot of things um, to with wear protection on the centrifuge itself, but you can also chain, adapt the process, the, the parameters, the operating parameters of the centrifuge. So the lower the bolt speed, the less wear you can ex- uh, expect. So if the process runs fine at a low diff, a low bow lower bowl speed, lower the bowl speed. We're flexible. We can do that. And uh, uh, we haven't gone into all these details. Uh, if you look at um, a typical medium size range decanter having a maximum bowl speed of 4,700 rpm, we can go down to 1,000 even. Yeah. So very flexible. And um, um, also increasing the differential speed also reduces the wear because the area between Um, the wear-prone parts and the solids become less. Excellent. Um, There's another one. Um,
1: How difficult is it to find the correct size ring dam to use? And is there a way to automate the pond depth or changing the ring dams?
2: yes a very interest very interesting question and i've seen that in the registration already and i liked it yeah uh, we have on ga we have the possibility to adjust the pond depth during operation but for zero liquid discharge it's of no use yeah because um, you remember um, the again the design of the conical part and the dewatering takes place on the last pitch next to the solid discharge ports So what you do is you once adjust your pond depth and then that's it in zero liquid discharge. There are other uh, processes for example with fluffy solids where it makes a lot of sense to have a flexible operation in terms of pond depth adjustment and there are various possibilities to do so. Um, Of course um, during a commissioning phase in a zero liquid discharge process you may have to do some tests and adapt the, the pond depth and that is rather easy, although it's not automatic. You do not have to exchange, um, you do not have to remove any rotating parts. You lift the cover that you've seen in the first part of the video, and then you already have access to the, um, to the regulating rings or to the regulating plates, and you change their position, and there you go,
0: finished. Excellent. Um, does, G- does, a G- does the GEA decanter,
1: have a self-cleaning function. I can answer some of these questions myself, and I'm giving you all you, Sven.
2: Um, <laughs> yeah, a self <laughs> uh, self-cleaning function. Um, there is no real mechanical design to that. But uh, what we implement in the centrifuge PLC is a CIP procedure. That means feeding flush liquid to the decanter, um, exchanging the content of the bowl, reducing the bowl speed to um, just uh, maybe uh, a very low value over, a sh- um, over some time, which is not too long, and thereby we get mach- an effect like that you see in the washing machine, and you, can, you get an effective cleaning of the centrifuge. Um, this is the CIP procedure, plus all our dry master Uh, decanters um, and those decanters that are used in the chemical industry and of course also in food applications are equipped with um, spray nozzles so that you can clean the outer part of the rotating assembly which is maybe not so important in zero liquid discharge but also to clean the gaps between rotating and non-rotating parts
0: excellent Um, give me a second Now, you, you mentioned before with um, your sliding scale of um, the varying levels of chlorides.
1: Um, is there a limitation in terms of the highest chloride content we could see?
2: Uh, we haven't got to that level yet, actually. I, um, uh, I would. My estimate is that you can do practically um, all realistic uh, concentrations with Uh, with Hastelloy, it would be critical if um, there was a process uh, that at the same time has a high chloride content, high temperature, and a low pH level. Then Mm -hmm. at at a certain point, of course, we're getting to a limit where we say, okay, no, it's not possible anymore. But I don't see that in zero liquid discharge, to be honest.
1: Okay. Someone also had a question here in terms of uh, wear protection um, that it mustn't wear off and get inside the process. Um, I can kind of handle that one. Um, In terms of the wear protection, Sven did mention that we have a uh, a certain wear um, coating that we currently use. Um, That does not limit GEA just to one coating in a large number of applications, what we'll do is we'll um, test different surface coatings with different binding matrices, as uh, Sven said, to try to come up with one that's actually specific to your individual application. Since everybody's application is slightly different, we try to tailor the solution to really what your needs are.
2: Correct. Oh, thanks, Sven. Yeah, that is our competence,
0: yeah, to look at the individual process conditions. Sven, how important is the speed
1: differential in determining the dryness of the product I could get from the machine?
2: Um, Yeah, Um, as mentioned earlier, um, it is important because in zero liquid discharge or dewatering of crystals, minerals, Um, so also larger particles that are not compressible, we have to determine there is an optimum differential speed. Um, Lowering the differential speed means higher residence time, which is positive for dewatering. But uh, lowering also means increasing the content of solids, the filling degree, which is then negative for dewatering of materials like crystals. Um, So we have seen in the zero liquid discharge, we usually operate uh, the centrifuges like at 40 RPM, um, 30 to 40 RPM differential speed, uh, which is already on the higher side and for which a uh, reliable gear is needed.
1: Mm -hmm. And even with this, as you said before, since it is a more crystalline structure, Uh, The materials tend to dewater a lot more than some of these other applications that we're dealing with that may be more of a sludge or more
2: of a a clay-like material. Yeah, uh, correct. If you, um, with uh, crystals that have a large particle size range of, uh, as I said, 100 micron, um, obviously they will dewater to 85, 90 or even higher. Whereas if you have fluffy sludges, you will get uh, results of maybe 30%. Then um, centrifugals. the watering is, is at its limit. It's not possible to to water any further. Okay,
1: great. Um, I think we have time for one more. Hopefully, um, do you ever reduce the bowl or scroll speed to reduce turbulence and better removal of fines? Uh, we you we can do that. It's all about the settling velocity of the particle itself. Um, in some instances, and uh, in, Higher differential speed will actually create more turbulence inside the bowl itself, so it'll actually stir up those particles and give us, um, and give those particles less time to settle. So when you're optimizing your process, there's a couple levels, levers you could pull on, right? First, you could pull on the bowl speed, so increase the bowl speed, help settle out those particles. Uh, you could increase the pond depth right so how deep that pond is so give the particles more chance to settle out and then you could pull in your speed differential so increase the speed to try to scroll those particles out at a faster or slower time and it all depends upon how your product actually behaves inside this system and how well it compacts Um, that being said there's still a large number of questions to be answered as i said they're higher level questions and what we'll do is, after this phone call, we'll reach out to each one of your each one of the individuals with those questions and try to handle those on, on more of a one-to-one basis. Uh, again, I'd like to thank uh, Sven for his time today. And we'd also like to thank all of you for joining us. And uh, uh, thank you again, and have a fantastic day.
2: Thank you very much from
0: my side as well. It was a pleasure um, to hold this seminar with you.